Good morning. If you don't know me, I am Andy, and I am one of the elders here at North Shore Church. And this morning, I have the privilege of reading for us scripture and then leading us in prayer. This morning's scripture is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we remember this season of your birth, how you came to live on this earth as a human, how you put on humanity for one reason and only one reason to save us from our sins. You did not start as a fully grown man. No, you started as an infant. No, you actually started as an unborn child in Mary's womb. This was the plan set in place long ago before Mary and Joseph lived. This would make you fully human and able to pay for our sins. This would make you a completely worthy sacrifice, unlike any that had been made before or since. You chose this. You did the will of your Father freely, but not without pain. The debt you paid was so great that we cannot even imagine how you could take that punishment on yourself, but you did. And we worship you this morning because of it. Glory be to the Father through his Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we praise you. Infinitely powerful and loving God, We thank you this morning for breath in our lungs. And we thank you for a family of believers to worship with. Our souls sing praises to you, and our hearts quicken, and our whole being comes to life in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to continue to work on us. Draw us nearer to our Father. Help us to do the Lord's will each and every moment. Guide our conversations and guide our relationships. Help us to give you praise by our actions and our words. Lord, let us shine brightly this Christmas season and give us moments to share the gospel with others. Lord, we ask for your blessing on those in this family who need your healing. Mary Balke, Cheryl Werner, Asher, Brian Fowler, Barb Smith, D. Sharp, and Dan Zwicker. Lord, these are the people I know about and those who have requested your healing touch. Lord, we pray now in your son Jesus' names, that they would be healed. And now I want to continue us leading us in prayer for this time 
that we have together. And as we hear your word, Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to know you more. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Duncan as he brings to us your presence this morning. Lord, we ask that you would guide him, guide him in all that he does and make his words and actions honoring to you. Lord, we ask again that you do a work in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. <laughs> my name, my name is Yosef, or as you might say, Joseph. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, it doesn't look like Joseph to me. He looks like the pastor of this church. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. Just what does Joseph look like? I suppose you think he looks like one of those nativity scene figurines. Joseph in the nativity scene. Can I ask you a question? The Joseph in those figurines always looks like he's 147 years old. <laughs> What's that about? I wasn't a fossil. When Mary gave birth to Jesus, I was like every other Hebrew male. I was about 30 when I got married. When I say I am Joseph, you need to know that I am the Joseph in the New Testament. My namesake, Joseph, in the Old Testament, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, or Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, as you would say. My namesake, Joseph, in Genesis, much of what he said is recorded in the scripture. As for me, this Joseph, nothing I said is recorded in the Bible. In many ways, I was at the very center of the birth of the Lord Jesus. But in many others, I was in the shadows, which is not a bad place to be if you're in the shadow of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I'm here today to tell you some things about myself so that you might know more about the Lord Jesus. So, some things about myself. The first thing you might want to know is I I'm a descendant of King David. David. You need to know this. It's in the genealogy in Matthew. It's also in Luke's account when we were going to Bethlehem to be registered in the census. We went to Bethlehem because I was of the house and lineage of David, right? I'll never forget that trip to Bethlehem. It was a hundred miles, all of it uphill, of course. <laughs> a hundred miles. I was walking, my Mary 
nine months pregnant, was riding on a donkey. It wasn't easy. Another thing you may want to know about me is that after the Magi visited, the angel told me that Herod was trying to kill the baby Jesus and that we needed to go to Egypt. So we went to Egypt, another hundred mile trip, five days with a little one. Not easy. Another thing you might want to know about me is that my hometown is Nazareth in the region of Galilee. It says in the New Testament that after they went back, they went back to Nazareth in Galilee. Nazareth. It was in the middle of nowhere. Galilee. Did you know that no one in the Old Testament, <coughs> one of your servants needs to get me some water. <coughs> <coughs> Galilee, there's no one of notoriety in the Old Testament from Galilee. Did you know this? And Nazareth is not even mentioned in the Old Testament. Did you know this? Nothing. <clears throat> Nazareth is nothing special, trust me. When Philip told Nathaniel that they have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, Nathaniel spoke for many that day when he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth had not much going for it, but I'll tell you one thing that Nazareth had. Nazareth had a need. Thank you, my son. <laughs> ah, just like out of the Red Sea. <laughs> Nazareth had a need for men who could work with their hands, with wood. And that was me. I was a carpenter. The scripture said that Jesus was known as a carpenter. Can you imagine what the creator of the world was like as a carpenter? First of all, he was perfect, which means he worked as hard as he could on every job. No cut corners. But beyond this, he was the creator of the world. <laughs> when Jesus made things out of wood, he made tables. He made chests. Do you know what I made? I made yokes <laughs> for oxen. Yokes, yokes, and yokes, and more yokes. I made more yokes than Henny Youngman. I wasn't funny 2,000 years ago either. <laughs> I was from Nazareth in Galilee. Another thing you might want to know about me is though it is never stated publicly in God's word, 
I died before Jesus' ministry began. We know this because in Mark chapter 6, Jesus is introduced as Mary's son. Do you think a Jew would introduce someone as Mary's son if Joseph was still alive? Also, at the cross in John's Gospel, Jesus is on the cross and, of course, he's discharging his responsibility to take care of his mother as the firstborn son. And he looks down at the Apostle John and he says, Behold, your mother points to Mary. Which was quite a compliment (laughs) because, as you'll hear, he had four other brothers. But the point for you is this. Do you think that Jesus would have needed to get someone to take care of Mary if I were still alive? No. I was gone long before. You need to know something else about me that you may not know. Did you know that I fathered six other children with Mary after Jesus? Jesus was not mine. When we went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, Jesus was 12 years old, Luke chapter 3. And so we went to celebrate the Passover, and we were headed back to Nazareth. And we were on the road for about a day with our extended family. And we discovered that Jesus was not with us. So Mary and I journeyed a day back to Jerusalem. And we looked for our son for three days. Can you imagine? We looked all over. We finally went out of desperation. We went to the temple. And there he was, sitting with the religious leaders and the teachers, asking them questions. The teachers were very impressed with Jesus. But do you know, my wife, in that moment, not so much. (laughs) She went off. Why were you? We've looked all over for you. What's going on? And Jesus, with this perfectly placid look on his face, looked up and said, Why were you looking for me? Did you know that I would be in my father's house? My father's house? I didn't own the temple. He wasn't talking about me. He belonged to God in a way that no other child had ever belonged to God before. But after Jesus, Mark chapter 6 informs you that we had six other children after Jesus. Did you know this? In Mark chapter 6, they say, isn't this Mary's son? Aren't Isn't he the brother of James and Joseph and Jacob? Judas, 
Simon, four or five, I don't know how many there were. Aren't his sisters here with us? Hmm. Four boys, at least two girls, I don't remember how many, <laughs> maybe more. Have you heard about my two sons, James and Judas? Huh? James grew up to be the leader of the Jerusalem church. Did you know this? He also wrote a book in the New Testament called James. And my son Judas, you may know by the name of Jude, because he wrote a book in the New Testament as well called Jude. Let me ask you something. Do you know of any other father who had two sons, each of whom wrote a book in the New Testament? Not bad for someone who made yokes. <laughs> in all seriousness, we're very, very grateful to God who is very kind to us. Another thing you may want to know, which I think you know, and that is that the Gospels Call me a righteous man. You know this story. When they came to me and they told me that Mary, my wife, was pregnant, I was shocked. No, I was devastated. The law, of course, said that I could stone her. But how could I stone her? I loved her. She was my wife. And so the scripture says in Matthew, as you read, and her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and not wanting to bring her into public disgrace, had in his mind to divorce her quietly. That was my plan, to divorce her quietly. And then the angel Gabriel came and told me the good news. Do you notice one thing about me in this story? Even though I don't say anything, I always did what God told me to do. Do you notice this? When I was told about Mary and the miraculous conception, I brought a pregnant woman home to be my wife in the first century. And when Gabriel told us Herod is trying to kill the baby, we left that night for Egypt. We needed to go to Egypt, we went to Egypt. And then after Herod died, the angel came to me again, and he said, you need to go back to Israel. So we went back to Israel, and on the way, I had a dream. And in the dream, he said, don't go to Judah. So we didn't go to Judah, we went back to Nazareth. We were hopping around the Middle East like grasshoppers. <laughs> because he told me to do that. But do you know something? 
as we were going around the Middle East, I didn't know. But we were fulfilling the word of the prophets. The prophet Hosea said, out of Egypt, I called my son. We were in Egypt because God wanted us in Egypt. Another prophet said, he shall be called a Nazarene. <laughs> we went to Nazareth because God wanted us in Nazareth. It was messy. <laughs> Life is messy sometimes. But if you are doing your best to follow God, God is in the midst of the mess. Do you know this? He's always working for his honor and your joy. So, if you have your own dreams, your own wants, die to them. His are better than yours. Self-denial for Jesus is always in your self-interest. You can write that down. Self-denial for Jesus is always in your self-interest. Do you know this? When you are in life and life is a mess and you are asking God, what on earth is going on? You need to understand God is in control. And God is working his plan for you. The fact that it's a mess <laughs> just means God's calling you to trust you with the mess. Do you know this? Another thing, a lesson perhaps from my life that you might want to know is God in the scriptures uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Do you know this? You know me, unimpressive. From Nazareth, I make yokes. <laughs> but you know, I'm just the kind of person that God uses. The Apostle Paul said it better than I. He said, not many wise, not many influential, not many of noble birth. God uses the foolish the weak, the lowly, the despised, so that no one may boast before him. Amen? So when God tells you to do something, just do it. Just do it. And if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. You need to do that today. You know the Bible calls you to be perfect. Anybody perfect here? Don't think so. And yet God calls us to be perfect. Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be holy as God is holy. The good news of the gospel, of course, is he sent his only son to live a perfect life. And he was a perfect savior. I remember as a father, when you have Jesus as your firstborn son, it can make it a bit of a challenge if you follow him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I don't know how many times I scolded them saying, don't do that. You know you're not supposed to do that. You never saw Jesus doing that. But Jesus loved them so much. But if you're here today and you don't know God, you need to ask God to show you your sin. Show it to you so you can feel it. You can see it the way he does. And as that happens, then you cry out to Jesus, whose blood forgave your sin and who made you righteous. And then you can actually know him. Know him. Know the love of God. This is the way we grow, too, as believers. We get to know the love of God. We ask God, show me your love through the gospel. And as we get to know the love of God, we trust him more. And as we trust him more, we obey. This is the gospel. This is how God transforms lives, you know. Sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. Love, trust, obey. This is the way. One thing I want to share with you is as it relates to the way you celebrate Christmas. I'm going to offend you now. It's okay. As something of an expert on the birth of Jesus, let me tell you I was there and it was pretty simple. We didn't have stockings. We had livestock. (laughs) There wasn't much to it. So my point in telling this is that as I have observed your culture and seen the way you celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus, permit me to say, it seems like sometimes you are more excited about the celebration of the birth of Jesus than you are with the birth of Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, keep the main thing, the main thing. It has been a joy to be with you this morning. May God bless you and may God help all of us to celebrate the birth of Jesus in a way which brings the most honor to him, my beloved. And so I say to you all, shalom.